0: Hey guys, it's Ella and um welcome to our first ever pa- episode of Crime Go Time Weekly. Um so I'm a little bit nervous, not going to lie about messing up, but I am going to try my best today. Uh just uh bear with me. It is the first episode, so I'm a little nervous. I need to get my thoughts together. Uh starting is always hard. <laughs> All right, so this podcast is just going to be me talking about some true crime cases mixed with a little bit of lighthearted comedy uh because I it's kind of depressing, not going to lie. Uh and these cases I just can't get out of my head, so and ones that I can't obviously talk to my family or friends about if they don't want to hear it. And so I just want to put it out here um because they would think I'm crazy. <laughs> a little bit about me. I am a true crime fanatic. I have always been. I sleep, breathe and eat true crime. I I very much enjoy uh researching cases. My favorite show is Criminal Minds, uh obviously. <laughs> but I was interested in true crime and horror way before watching it, so I'm an OG uh interest interesting interesting. I'm an OG true crime listener. Uh, I live in Canada, and I hope to move to America to work as a forensic scientist or homicide detective. Pretty simple. Um, if you hear me stuttering, I'm really sorry. I'm just trying to be as entertaining as possible, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this intro is way too long, but I promise the rest of the episodes will not be this long. It's just the first episode, so bear with me. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite cases to research, Richard Ramirez or the Night Stalker. A weird childhood turned even more disturbing adulthood. An American serial killer, rapist, and burglar who would go on to kill 13 people in the LA area as we know. And a quick thing before we start, I'd like to give out a shout out to distractify which is the main website that i use for researching this case i just want to give credit as it's due um because i don't want to take credit for this stuff it gave me huge uh, relief to find distractify.com because it gave me uh so much help for my research so thank you so much please go read the article it's probably so much better than this (laughs) and warning this episode Contain strong language and can be disturbing to some listeners viewer discretion is advised i feel like bailey Sarian. i'm like when i say that i'm glad though she's amazing if you haven't seen her stuff go look her up on youtube she's the best um but i i want to also be as kind and respectful as bailey and i'm just gonna say um this uh the names that i talk about uh that were sadly uh hurt or or even passed away during this case i'm really sorry and to the families that uh, i'm going to be people of i'm going to be talking about like i'm it's not supposed to be disrespectful in any way it's purely interest and um yeah like an interest in true crime like i am not trying to be disrespectful at all just trying to be respectful to those people that may not want their in their names out there, Uh, but this case has been talked about uh, many times, so I'm pretty sure that it's okay, but just saying to that, just to be respectful. So, Richard Ramirez. Richard Ramirez was born in El Paso, Texas on January 29th, 1960. Oh, that's a leap year. Uh, to his mother and father mercedes and julian ramirez richard is the youngest of five children all of his four siblings robert ruth joseph and ruben all ours were born with health defects due to the chemical fumes at a boot factory that their mother worked at actually which is interesting that could be something that happened to richard that's interesting richard's father was a strict cop that turned laborer for the santa fe railroad the terrible temper which sadly often resulted in physical abuse of the five kids and richard's mother when richard was two a dresser landed on his head causing huge forehead lacerations and at five richard was knocked actually unconscious by a swing and then diagnosed with epilepsy and then had epileptic seizures after that. After that, Richard was said to be different. Quote-unquote different. It's easy to say that Richard uh, got hurt a lot as a kid, I guess. At 12 years old, Richard became close with his older cousin Miguel, who showed him Polaroids he had taken of various women he had brutally beat, sexually assaulted, tortured, and mutilated. Richard was said to be sexually aroused by these images. This obviously left an impact on Richard, seeing this at such a young age, obviously. This cousin's proud exploits and disgusting Polaroids probably showed Richard his love for power and gave him a beginning of a god complex because he probably saw that his cousin, his older cousin's so cool and that he's... Well, that's not cool, but in Richard's eyes... That it was so cool that he had power over these women, which is actually really gross. It's terrible. Uh, pray for those women that lost their lives to that disgusting man. As their bond grew, they started to smoke marijuana together and other drugs that Richard started at the age of ten years old. Oh my God, that was that's very young. That's that will definitely mess a kid up. But nice little cousin bond, I guess. <laughs> As Richard and Miguel grew closer and older, Miguel even showed Richard some of his military tactics that he had learned in combat in Vietnam, even killing with stealth. The geez, that definitely gave Richard the wrong idea. At the age of 12, Richard and his father started fighting even more, causing violent outbreaks and physical abuse towards him. Just to get peace and quiet, At night, Richard would even resort to sleeping in the local graveyards just to get away from his father. That's, see, like, I'm not saying Richard didn't deserve it because he definitely did. He's a disgusting guy for doing all this stuff, but that's, that sucks for any kid to have to sleep in a graveyard. That's creepy to have to sleep in a graveyard for uh, peace and quiet. And at 13, just a year later, Richard witnessed his cousin Miguel, the, the Vietnam one, um, you remember him, kill his own wife. He shot her point-blank right in front of Richard when he was 13 years old. And the blood was said to splatter on Richard's face. That's not good towards Richard. Like, 13-year-old? Yeah, your mind isn't even done developing until what age? 25 like oh my god and also him doing drugs and apparently he got really bad with drugs like just starting that at such a young age that's definitely gonna screw you up Miguel actually was deemed not guilty by reason of insanity and sent to Texas State Mental Hospital where apparently Richard's and Miguel's relationship actually continued and remained close so they actually like Still, he, I think Richard went to go visit him. Richard continued having brutal fantasies of rape, forced bondage, and all-around violence. So, it's just growing stronger, his fantasies. Uh, while in school, Richard Ramirez got his first job at a local Holiday Inn. As Richard's fantasies strengthened, he got weaker. Okay. Well, uh, go get some water, take a quick break, and because this stuff is dark, so go take a quick break and we will be back for the rest of the case. Hey, we're back. So we're gonna keep continuing on with the story. I just like to take those mental breaks while reading these stories because it's probably good for your mental health, and uh, get some water just to calm your brain down from seeing all this dark stuff. Um,. Or, like, if you don't like like to take a break, though, you can definitely skip along and continue the story. Okay, let's continue. So, we were just talking about Richard's job at the Holiday Inn. Richard would use his master key so that he could get into all the rooms and rob the hotel guests that were staying there. He also tried to rape and assault a woman that was staying with her husband at this hotel. But the husband did end up fighting Richard off for his wife. And he beat Richard senseless at the scene and said uh, to save her, um, obviously. And which led Richard getting fired for that. Uh, understandable, obviously. <laughs> That's uh, it's pretty bad. I'm glad the husband came back. Uh, but the couple then left the state and declined to testify against Richard. So he kind of got off scot-free there. After that, Richard dropped out of school in grade 9 or 9th grade for all my American listeners <laughs> from Thomas Jefferson High School in 1977. Richard was arrested for the first time for marijuana possession. So, he's uh he has his name and on file uh there, I guess. And at 22, Richard removed ca- removed richard moved to california where his drug addiction grew to cocaine and other drugs like acid and you know all the stuff that doesn't make his fantasies any better his fantasies of burglary and rape continued as his interests in satanism started to blossom i can't think of another word for blossom like start his interest in satanism started but um it's just it blossomed from there not in a good way uh it said that his uncle also showed richard how to s- peek in people's windows to spy in their houses without them knowing that's creepy oh my god i always get a, f- a fright that like someone's staring at me like i always have that feeling that someone's like looking in through my window but uh i always i always like brush it off just to calm myself down, like, I'm wondering if other people feel that, too, I don't want to be the only one, (laughs) anyways, uh, it's, he was also arrested, so Richard was arrested in California, uh, for auto theft in 1981, wow, he's really getting his name, like, on there, as soon as he gets arrested, they're gonna know, (laughs) that's funny, he was not funny. Not funny. It's funny that he keeps getting arrested because he's that dumb. But anyways, what am I saying? Like, I could do a better. What? No. Just ignore him, every everything I'm saying right now. He was noticeably neglecting his personal hygiene. And as he got older, his teeth were said to be almost black. Ew. That's disgusting. Black teeth? Yeah, he's, uh... There's from, from all that smoking, Richard. Brush your teeth. On April 10th, 1984, Mei, Ling, Mei Lung, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, a nine-year-old girl was sadly found murdered in a basement of San, Fr- San Francisco Hotel where Richard was staying. She was raped and stabbed and put on a metal pipe. The DNA, they actually didn't know it was Richard but the dna at the crime scene did match richard's dna this murder was is technically the first murder that richard committed that we know you never know how many killings these killers have committed though it's really sad like they like they might be lying and people, it's sad because people might not be getting the justice they need for their loved ones uh, that have passed away, sadly to these people. Uh, Richard then started getting comfortable and began burglaring and killing inside people's houses in Los Angeles. So he'd actually go in. That's bold. Like, he didn't think he was going to get caught. On June 28th, 1984. Uh, 79-year-old Jenny Winkow, was sexually assaulted, stabbed, and murdered, sadly. This was technically the first identified murder that the Night Stalker is to commit in 19- 1984, wow. In LA, yeah, so, that was, a that was, like, the first, first time, so he was only killing for a little bit, okay, sorry, I'm mumbling. Um something interesting actually, Richard Ramirez left a fingerprint on a windowsill that he used a window sill that he used to sneak in the house of Nancy Nancy Jenny Jenny Vinkow. Um and he actually tried to remove the window to sneak in and it left a fingerprint on the windowsill. So, this is another segment I like to call Ella's Opinions. So, people argue if Richard Ramirez was an organized or disorganized killer. I believe that he was disorganized due to the evidence he left at some of the crime scenes. His M.O. is also mixed. It's organized because he would rape and kill his victims late at night, but he would also change how he killed his victim, shooting, stabbing, or strangling. I think that he is a spur-of-the-moment killer, only killing people for the feeling of adrenaline, making him, in my eyes, an adrenaline junkie with a psychotic reasoning. In March 17, 1985, Richard began to perform more risky killings. He killed Maria Hernandez... Outside of her home in Rosemead, California, Richard then went inside the house and shot her roommate, which is sad, who had heard the gun go off and hid in the kitchen behind a cabinet. He killed them with a 22 caliber handgun that he had recently bought for this. After this, the media described him as long curly hair, bulging eyes, wide space, rotting teeth. He was actually named the walk-in killer and the valley intruder before he was named the Night Stalker. So, that's interesting, I guess. Uh, to, like, know that he had, they had bulging eyes and rotting teeth. Like, that's what he was named as. Good. Ugly. Richard then murdered Vincent and Maxine Zazera in their home. Vincent was shot, and Maxine was left with multiple mutilations on her body. Richard also took her eyes out and took them with him and carved a T on her breast. Ew. Ew. Richard, what the heck? That's disgusting. Why would you take her eyes? That's so... Oh, my God. These people are crazy. He ended up drawing pentagrams on his victims, saying that he was interested in Satanism. He then went on to kill 10 more people in the Los Angeles area, leaving almost no evidence left behind except for little things, DNA, and pentagrams on the crime scene. So, actually, he went to kill more people in San Francisco after he went on a little vacation there, I guess. And then he came back to L.A. and actually attempted to come into someone's house. And so at this point, people knew that there was a serial killer out there. He was named the Night Stalker, and it was one of his, like, later um, killings. And so people were closing the windows, you know, keeping precautions, doing precautions just in case. And actually... This boy had heard someone outside of his window uh, at night before he went to bed. Glad that kid was up and he had ran to his he had heard it on the news that obviously there was a serial killer and he had ran to his parents room and he said, "We got to make noise." And they started jumping around and they turned on all the lights, made noise, and luckily Richard got scared and ran away, which is interesting, uh, wow, he, that kid's smart, and so, as apparently he was pulling away, Richard obviously took a car from one of his victims, uh, I think he, auto, auto theft, what is that called, and he actually was driving away from this kid's house, and this kid, uh, he took out his notepad, the little notepad, and he started writing down a partial license plate, and that really helped the police, so thanks to that kid, I think his name was James, thanks to that kid, I'm really glad that he got to help in that investigation, because without him, they probably would have been a little bit uh, farther behind catching him, and they would have put more people's lives at danger, uh, he also left a, uh, shoe print out someone's garden bed, and that is actually the reasons that they caught him, wow, they caught him, um, on August 31st, 1985, which is actually my birthday, August 31st, uh, so that's cool that he got caught on my birthday, screw you, Richard, um, he got caught on August 31st, 1985, when he tried to, uh, escape, so at this point, all of his, uh, mug shots were everywhere, so everyone knew what the Night Stalker looked like, they were just kind of looking for him at this point, And Richard wanted to escape back to El Paso, Um, and he tried to get on a bus, but then he saw all of his mugshots, and then he got nervous, and he tried to go to East LA, which, if you didn't know, is a kind of a sketchy neighborhood. It's not really the best neighborhood. Um, But he ended up trying to steal a car from this woman. And everyone in the neighborhood got out and saw who it was. And this man brought his sons, his two sons, and they beat the crap out of Richard Ramirez. So, Richard then, I guess, like, got arrested. Wow. He got arrested. Well, wow, that was like really big. He got arrested and put in the back of a police car and you could see there's some pictures of him. He had like his head wrapped in this you know, cuz he was brutally beaten, which is he deserves it. So yeah, uh he then uh trial and conviction and that is our next segment. So after he got arrested, he spent a long time in jail and on july twenty second nineteen eighty eight he the jury selection trial and conviction case started and on september twentieth nineteen eighty nine he was found guilty in thirteen counts of murder, five attempted murders, eleven sexual assaults, fourteen burglaries. jeez! He was sentenced to die in California's gas chamber on November 7th, 1989. And yeah, his criminal trial was the one of the longest ones in history. Nearly 1600 prospective jurors were interviewed. More than 100 witnesses testified. And while a number of witnesses had a difficult time recalling certain facts for after four years later, after the crimes were committed, ones were certain the identity of Richard Ramirez. So on August 3rd, 1988, the Los Angeles Times reported that some jail employees heard Richard Ramirez planning to shoot the prosecutor with a gun, which Ramirez intended to have smuggled into the courtroom. Coincidentally, a metal detector was stalled outside of the courtroom and intensively searched. Everyone was searched before they went in. Um. Yeah, and they were really worried that Richard was going to shoot Uh, someone. The jury was terrified. Yeah, it was... Uh, I bet that that was really scary, like, being... On trial with this terrible, terrible person, like you can see in the the videos and the pictures of Richard on trial, he looked like like annoyingly happy, and he just looked really content with what he has done. He used to carve pentagrams into his hand, and he used to just smile at everyone and and wave his long bony fingers at people, you know, like, teasing them, and I think that that's disgusting, um, by the time of the trial, Richard had so many fans and letters, he actually had, like, oh, oh my god, he had so many fans, it was, it, that's kind of weird, uh, his, his favorite fan, editor Doreen Leoy, wrote him nearly 75 letters during his incarceration in 1988 he proposed to her and on october 3rd 1996 sorry they were married in california's stan quentin state prison leoy has stated that she will commit suicide when ramirez is executed so she said that she would commit suicide when he was executed, and he, uh yeah, she was, uh she was definitely interesting, I think those, those people that were, mar- that will marry serial killers, they're evil, they're either two of the, one of two things, they're either really prone on fame, they don't believe it, or, you know, they have hi- hybristophiliac, pretty sure it's called this when you love someone that has committed crimes. So he was sentenced to a death sentence as we know. Uh and and actually happy enough he died out of natural causes. So at least he got to suffer. Um <laughs> Yeah, so he died of uh liver cancer, I believe it is. And uh he then he died It and I, it was in uh good time because he almost died uh through death penalty. Uh but he actually died through um like his own natural causes. I'm I'm glad he got to rot in um jail because he's a disgusting man. I'm really wondering because I'm really wondering how I don't know how to feel about the death sentence. Honestly, I I think that it's it's okay. Uh, I don't know what to say because in Canada we don't have death sentence, so I'm really not sure how to kind of um examine that but I think that these people are disgusting and honestly I think that death is kind of a way out for them like they don't need to deal with the rest of the time that they're on earth which will you know like you're just letting them out with a free warning that's how I feel about it but I do approve if someone in in a state is going to murder the serial killer. Like, they have got murdered. It really doesn't matter, but I think that uh, sometimes on the death penalty, they can get the wrong person, and that's a problem. Like, what if they got the wrong person? I think, to be honest, if it it was me, I would just let them rot in jail because I think that jail is probably... way worse than just a split second of dying. Anyways, he ended up dying on June 7th, 2013 from a (laughs) chronic substance abuse and chronic hepatitis B viral infection. He was 53 years old and had been on death row for 23 years. Yeah, B cell lymphoma, something like that. Uh, He died I've heard lots of things, uh, I've already died from liver, liver cancer, but I think that it's, it, it was a mixture of everything, he, uh, obviously slipped around a lot, and, uh, drug abuse, um, but anyways, that is about it for Richard Ramirez's case, he, um, uh, he's dead now, uh, but it's really creepy to think about that I was around the same, uh, time as him, like, I was alive at the same time as him, which is really creepy, I don't want to think about that, like, uh, but I'm glad he was incarcerated, and I'm glad that he, uh, got to live at least, like, 23 years on, uh, death sentence and in jail, um, because he definitely deserved it, he, what he did was absolutely heinous and disgusting, and he didn't even spare children, and I'm not saying, like, you, like, it's okay to kill adults, but, like, he didn't spare children, which is, like, when you see those type of killers, you just, oh, no, that's even worse, like, anyways, um, I, I think I'll do podcast episodes every week, and, uh, I think next week is going to be a- episode uh yes you should definitely tune in I might even have a guest um, on my next episode uh please comment some things that I should talk about uh like if you want to talk and get me to talk about any serial killers or any cases that you'd like me to talk about I said that twice uh but yeah please stay tuned for the next episode I love to talk about this, seriously. So anything really, I will do my research. Love researching about it. Uh just let me know. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to write my next <laughs> episode. So have a great day, all of you, and take some time for your mental health today. Take some time, breathe. Uh, make sure you're good because We can't have uh, always listening to dark things and, you know, a problem with uh, not mental health. Everyone has mental health problems. I'm just rambling at this point. But, um, yeah, have a great day and come back for the next episode. Bye.